so we more or less jump right into the discussion here. It was sort of like an improvise, you know, like I had to click the button and make sure I recorded it at the right moment type of thing. So uh, the conversation starts right off. This episode was amazing. It was a real, real privilege to talk with Jomo Senpai, as always. I would just like to have a brief ask before we start out here. If you want to support the continued development of this podcast, please consider leaving a rating, uh, ideally five-star. But look, be honest, you know? Give me, give me your honest rating and, uh, and whatever, whatever platform you like listening to the podcast on the most. Also, please consider checking out the YouTube version of the podcast, throwing that a like and maybe even a comment. I don't know. You tell me. But please enjoy the episode. Uh, I came into your stream for the first time where I was just, I was like taking a lot of just um, medication, like edibles, alcohol, you know, just like numbing the shit out of myself. And I'm, I'm a pretty responsible, like medicator. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I, I, I was just, I, I've been trying to like just numb myself a lot since my mom passed away. I get that. She was, <clears throat> you know, she's just the most amazing person. You know, she's a best friend, mentor. Uh, she's a mother. She was, she's my editor. She's like a business partner in a lot of ways. And um, so I subconsciously or unconsciously, I just have been numbing myself. And then I think if I didn't, come into your stream i probably never would have gotten so um like just up in arms about what's going on in the u.s oh wow i think i think i probably just would have turned the other way exercised my white privilege and carried on with my life you know well but i'm glad I, I was able to have an impact yeah, it was it just seeing you like seeing you uh like pivot really quickly and take very immediate action in the span of like 2 days just really inspired me and and kind of like allowed me to channel my uh my emotions in in like a a direction that made me feel very good. You know, good in the sense that uh if I wasn't doing if I wasn't doing that um probably would have just been like trying to you know, keep numbing myself. I get that. Right? I think, you know, I, I think it's kind of like a, a brutal, I, it's like a brutal journey right now. I've been talking to a lot of people lately, um, you know, that are hurting in various ways. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, in a completely way, a way that's completely independent to everything that's going on in the world right now, just something that's been going on in their life for a long time. And it's been like sort of, well, I mean, it's honestly been really, I feel like it's a real gift. Um, well, first of all, that people like can come to me and be like 100% and feel like I'm the, I'm like going to be honest and like, and like good to them and good to their perspective. And then I'll listen like that to me tells me that I'm doing the right thing. And that's been a really good experience. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, just that people have been reaching out and just like seeing this kind of, uh, tapestry of like, like at the surface, sometimes it's like human pain or suffering, but really it's like, it's, it's just the true nature of the human experience. And that's like what you don't see a lot of the time. Um, but it's, everyone has, you know, I think some kind of pain and I think it's, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a real, it's a real privilege that, uh, that, uh, I, I get, I, I get, you know, people will talk to me in a real enough way to like share that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it takes a, it it does take a, like a a level. I think we talked about this a little bit. I think it really does take a level of like maturity and emotional stability and empathy and life experience to be able to get yourself to a place where you know you can be open and approachable enough for people to open up to you. And it it's it's a beautiful thing because it you know, you have this amazing medium where people can kind of almost uh, express themselves through you. Um, so, yeah, it's just been it's just been really cool to see even in the past, even in the past week. Like, well, I came in your stream like what, less than two weeks ago. Yeah, it wasn't that, it wasn't even that long ago. I think it was it was no, it was actually last Monday. And I remember that because last Monday was my one year stream anniversary. And it was also, I think, Illiterate's birthday. Uh, wow. which, and he that's raided right. me after his birthday stream and that's, that's right. exactly the day we met. And yeah, it's been really wild. It's wild. Um, first of all, how much can change in a day in the world, but like on the space of Twitch, you know, Twitch has been a, like a real gift in terms of like the people I've met through Twitch. I've met people through Twitch that like, first of all, I could have never even dreamed of meeting, you know, really interesting and cool people, but also just like really genuine people. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can meet people one day and really click and then like be, be friends. It's, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, like everyone in, in my community really loves you. And it's crazy because, you know, we just met. But like, it's, it's great. You know, it's great. And so mm -hmm. you're one of the first guests I wanted to have on the podcast just because the conversation we had the other day was quite rich. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I have really been enjoying just like coming in and dumping in your discord, for lack of a better word, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's. My, I mean, you know, my Discord, it's it's very large. Like, there's lots of people in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and saw that. You had actually, I was looking at yours to figure out how to set up a, a better bot network, but uh, I got inspired. I was like, oh, I really like, you know, how he how he did this. But that's unrelated. I just was looking at it and I was like, oh, what is this? You know? Yeah, you know, I I've got some mods that that just have God mode, and they they go to town and they like to test different things like the the giveaways thing that luna runs in there is really fun but um yeah it's uh it's just from this this medium this medium article like the growth hackers guide like people yeah. people read it and they they just come in and they they're like excited about this new journey that they're about to go on and i'm like you don't even know the amount of amazing inspirational people that you're about to meet you're about to meet some of the best people you've ever met in your entire life and you don't even know it you know yeah that's so. a really beautiful i had no idea i guess I, I never even thought about that when i got into streaming i i never even thought about that as a possibility you know it was really just like when i came into streaming it was from this place of like i'm well you know i just really desperately wanted to do something with my like my life and i had all this like i felt like creative energy or maybe even just like i don't know thoughts i wanted to get out into the world and like, there was the only thing I could bring myself to do was play video games. Cause I was just like in a really dark spot. And so, mm -hmm. you know, video games for me was probably the, you know, kind of like you mentioned numbing, like video games for me was like me numbing myself and escaping, um, because yeah. I was just having a rough time of it. But then I was like, you know, there was still that kind of underlying, like I have to do something, you know, significant or I have to build something. And so I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to get into streaming. And at that point in time, like my view of streaming was like very, uh, uh, narrow, I would say, but I, you know, the more I got into it, the more I realized like how much it could be. Yeah. I was really interested to ask you what, what you were doing right before you started streaming, because my experience, and we can talk a bit about this was very much, 
you know, I had hit this wall and I was just like on the brink of, you know, something really not good. You know, I, I was, I was just like having, I was in a bunch of debt. I, I was having really big problems with my relationship, uh, of which I cared very deeply about. <clears throat> and, um, I was telling you my counselor was the one that sort of pushed me to do it, you know? Right. And so I wonder how many people, I'm sure lots of people have that, that a similar experience where they reach a tipping point in their life and they are driven by some like one force or another to express themselves in a different way, you know, and instigate some change, be it creative or, you know, going, selling your shit and moving to, you know, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, there's a book I really like, it's called uh, I want to say Into the Wild, maybe by John Krakauer, but it's about this kid, Christopher McCandless, who uh, he has like this really, you know, he, he graduates from a great school and he comes from this really wealthy family. But like upon graduation, I think he like, oh, he he gives away all of the money like in his in his trust fund to like Oxfam and like drives out west and like eventually burns <clears throat> his car and his money and he just like disappears for two years into the wilderness. And there's like a story. And so John Krakauer, when he wrote this book, he's like picking up the pieces of Christopher McCandless's journey and trying to assemble like a cohesive tale. And uh, there's like a point where, where Christopher is in, I want to say somewhere in Nevada in the desert. And he meets this old man that he becomes really friends with, a really good friends with. And the old man actually wants to like adopt him after a while. And, and Chris, you know, isn't interested, but the old man is like asking Chris for advice, you know, on how to, how to improve his life. And, and Chris says, sometimes you just have to make uh, like a, a truly radical change in lifestyle. And mm -hmm. uh, I think that's, that's actually, I think really good advice. Um, and obviously not everyone can afford to do that, but I don't know, for me, I was like very much not like quite rock bottom, but like emotionally rock bottom um, when I started streaming. And I think part of that was beneficial because I kind of felt like I had nothing to lose. So I was able to really like commit to it, even though I did. I just kind of felt like, you know, I felt like I was that I was just so low. I was like, well, I may as well really like try this, you know, like what's the it can't get can't get can't get worse. You know, that was kind of how I felt. And, and how did you how did you get to how did it get so bad is, is basically what what I'm really interested in is how. How, what were the compounding series of events that got you to this place where you just like, it can't get any worse? I, I was like a really, I was really depressed all through like my youth and like high school. I was, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I, I was a really like shy person for a long time, if you can believe mm. it, up until like my junior year of high school. I basically was just scared to talk to everyone. And then, you know, eventually I think what happened is, I had been experiencing depression for so long. It just reached this level of apathy and I stopped being shy because I kind of stopped caring and I got invited to like parties a lot. And I, I got really into like drinking and drugs, which, you know, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily regret it. I'm, I'm almost glad I had that experience, but mm -hmm. you know, I was, I was kind of just like spinning and I was skipping a ton of school, like a ton of school. And I just, I just didn't care anymore. You know, like I said, I had reached this level of like ultimate full on apathy and, uh, so, Oh no, go ahead, please. So what, like, so I, I, I hear you and I, I want to kind of ask what, 
is it was there was it how did you get depressed in the first place was it just this feeling of like was it was it the household you grew up in or was it a series of events or was it just uh that you found school so uninspiring or did you feel like you couldn't express yourself or was it you know or was it a combination of things I think it was a definitely a combination of things. I mean, I imagine it likely started uh, sort of stemming from like my parents' divorce. You know, as long as I remember, I've been depressed and then my parents got divorced when I was young. So I imagine that that contributed. But then, you know, school was also just like kind of it was it was not it was not good in any way for me. You know, there's a long time where I was picked on and bullied and kind of ostracized and. You know, I had friends and there's still a lot of my friends to this day, uh, my gamer friends, you know, and, and I found really like at home and video games because I could escape the world that I, you know, really just hated. And I hated all my classes uh, and for the most part social life. But I loved, you know, going home and playing like Halo Reach or whatever it was. Um, and, and but, you know, after a while, I, I even kind of retracted from all of that. And I remember I just started I don't know. I, I always just wanted to escape and it really just got worse. Like middle school was bad. And then and high school was, was even worse as far as, uh, you know, school and classes go. And then, you know, it just kept, it get progressively compounding until, yeah, I just like hit that full like ridge of apathy, you know? And I just, I, I also, you know, uh, wasn't, wasn't really great at communicating with my parents. I mean, I guess it was just kind of tough. And now mm. I have like a great relationship with my mom and, and my stepdad. And I've always had a pretty good relationship with my stepdad. But at that point in time, it was like super contentious. And uh, yeah, I was just really pissed off. Did the, did the, did you continue to get more and more picked on? Did, did bullying become a, a legitimate problem for you? Uh, I would say it was like a thing in middle school up to a point, but then it kind of, this one kid once he was like picking on me. He like, it was like, I had this like little like attachment doodad on my backpack and he like mm -hmm. stole it and was like, you know, taunting me with it. And I grabbed his iPhone out of his hand and threw it in the trash. And he like was so upset. And I was like, you know, he was like, what'd you do that? I was like, fuck you. And he was like, you know, upset. And he, and after mm -hmm. that it didn't happen. And so I like, I don't know, maybe that was a moment when I was like, I don't know. I was like tired of it, you know, and in a way yeah. that was necessary. Like this whole brutal saga kind of, it sucks in a sense, right? Because I, I was very like sad and angry for a long time, but also it like gave me that internal kind of like, I don't know. It gave me like an internal strength. Like sometimes I think if I had never reached that point of ap apathy, like I wouldn't be the kind of like disobedient, like questioning individual I am now, you know, like maybe if I had been more into the school system, I would have kind of like fell in line. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe it's, it's, it was like a valuable experience ultimately. Mm -hmm. What? So, you, so that's a core memory for you. Yeah. The, that moment where, <laughs> you know, buddy took, took the, the this little dangly thing off your backpack, took his iPhone through the trash. And it's like this moment, this core memory for you. What other, like, if you go back further before that, you know, if you think about your, uh, your parents' divorce, what kind of, do you have any core memories from that time that you, that are very clear to you and that like stick out for you? Yeah. I mean, I do, I do. I like, I think even before that I was really, I remember even in elementary school, this doesn't have to do with my parents necessarily, but I was really like there. I remember in fifth grade, there was like a teacher that was kind of new and there was like this after school program we had that we all liked. And the newish teacher was like really like hardcore authoritarian and would force us to like sit in a circle and play duck, duck, goose 
And I like wanted to play pretend with my friends. We were probably like pretending to be Naruto characters or something like that. You know, that was like very cool. That was like a very cool thing at the time, you know? And, uh, and she like made us sit in a circle and play duck, duck goose. And I just remember, I can't, I don't know what I said, but it was something along the lines of like, like, I don't want to play duck, duck goose. This game is stupid. And she, <laughs> she put me in timeout. Uh, and I remember the first time she put me in timeout, like I was crying and, you know, bawling my eyes out. Cause I was like a little kid. And then the yeah. next, you know, a few times after that, I was put in timeout. I was just like, <laughs> I was this like hardened elementary school criminal. And I was like, I don't care. Like I've done time, you know, they make us sit against the <laughs> fence. <laughs> but no, it was kind of like that. <laughs> and that kind of stuff sticks out to me. Uh, I guess that's the acting out. But, you know, I do have some memories of, of, you know, contentiousness between my parents. I remember like, because my mom, my mom got custody of me and uh, I remember you know, I had grown up in this small little suburb of Pensacola called Crestview. At least I'm pretty sure it was a suburb of Pensacola. Honestly, I don't remember that well. But it was near mm -hmm. Pensacola, and it was just, like, basically a suburb. So, um, you know, I remember being at the house with my dad for, like, the last time before, you know, my mom had moved to Tallahassee at this point, And she was kind of setting up the house. And then they're going to, then, like, grandparents came to come get me. And I was, like, playing a little game on the Xbox. I think it was the Hobbit game, actually. I can remember that. And my dad was like in the other room at the dinner table and I can all, I like, I had it blocked out for a while. I actually didn't come out till like I started going to therapy or counseling later on. But, uh, I, uh, Oh, one second here. The chroma is getting uh, weird and wild or the chroma key. It should be good. Okay, cool. Perfect. Uh, um, Sorry, I was looking at Pensacola on the map. <laughs> oh no, no, no worries. It was it's for like the, for the computer screen. I do that all the time. But, uh, yeah, so he, uh, I remember distinctly, like it, when I, when I kind of reconjured the memory when I was a little bit older, him, you know, crying in the other room. And that was just always something that like deeply, uh, I think haunted me, you know, it's a big thing when you're, when your dad cries. Yeah. Yeah. I had you never know? seen that from, I've honestly don't know if I've ever seen it from him since then. Truthfully speaking, he's like a very, like, you know, uh, he's like a very kind of, stoic individual you know um when so when you say like your mom got custody over you yeah yeah, yeah. are you are you talking like full custody like was oh, your no. dad allowed to see you he was yeah we yeah he was he was so i, I guess not custody maybe is the wrong word but like you know my, i was with my mom most of the time and uh i would be with my dad in the summers once he moved to alabama initially you know i'd see him yeah. every other weekend but yeah so mostly with my mom you know uh i guess not full custody but and so, so my, that like, main I, guardian, I guess. Yeah. And I guess that was, that was, um, a big deal because your parents were moving across States. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and not, not at first, but, uh, eventually. Yeah. So that for a little while, my dad's, you know, continued to live in Crestview and then he moved to Alabama eventually. I can't remember exactly when that happened, but yeah. What's your dad like? He's, he's, uh, he's actually, so I get a lot of my music taste from my dad. He's, very mm. much into uh punk rock and metal uh hard music he's into a ton of stuff though and he collects a ton of vinyl uh, so that's like absolutely something i got from him and i remember mm -hmm. it's interesting because he's like back to that nowadays you know but uh right after the divorce he got like very very christian for a while which was like kind of strange um for me you know having not been around it but i you know i think in hindsight it was likely you know i mean he had he had gone through a really tough uh, period. And I'm sure he was likely just looking for, you know, some sort of, uh, comfort. I know, I know like a lot of people turn to religion for comfort and I, I get it. 
so yeah, like I, for a long time, I was kind of confused by all of it, but now as an, I guess as an adult, I think we even talked about this. We had the conversation the other day, like seeing your parents as people, you realize just like, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was, it makes a lot more sense when I think about it as him, you know, being in this place of pain and looking for answers. But yeah, he got very, very like, like stern Southern Baptist for a while. Um, Oh, wow. Which is interesting, too, because, uh, you know, it was very much like into this like hardcore punk, you know, like Black Flag and, you know, like like mm-hmm. like satanic metal and everything before that. Um, so it was a real pivot. Mm-hmm. But he's 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 back to kind of that nowadays. But yeah. Um, so how often do you do you talk to your parents? Uh, admittedly, I, I mean, I don't know how often, you know, other people talk to their parents. I talked to my mom and my stepdad. Uh, I would say at least like I try to once every other week, but sometimes it's longer. And I talk to my dad about the same frequency, you know? So like once every two weeks, you know, uh, I like, I am really bad at keeping up with people. Honestly, I, I've, I have developed a strong tendency towards isolation. Um, I'm a very like, like, like a lonesome individual. You know what? You know, you want to, you want to, uh, can I, can I like share a, like a vibe I get from you? Yeah. Yeah. By all means, please. So, so you, you know, just, and again, for less than two weeks, I came into into your stream, but that since then, I just, I feel like you, you have just like, this has been a very busy couple weeks for you. It has. Yeah, Uh, it has. And like, I see it. I, I think your community sees it. I think, I think you feel it. And, you know, you, you're doing so much, like you do a surprising amount. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if that's like a regular thing for you, or if you go through periods of really productive uh, stages, but um, the, the vibe I get is that you, um, like, I wonder when you actually just get time to be off camera and like off the podcast and like off the stream because you know as as like content creators and streamers and and people pursuing public personas we can do our best to to like just be ourselves and be down to earth and be real but as long as we are creating content there's always no matter how much we try there's always going to be that filter in which we feel like we have to be on or we have to perform um and i wonder i wonder sometimes like if you give yourself enough time just to like in between the creation aspect the marketing aspect the uh, live aspect the editing like like what is it do you do, how how much time do you give yourself just to to like be quiet and with people that you know you can just you know uh, un, uh, bring down all the barriers with uh you know i would very little I, i've had this conversation actually twice recently uh yeah mm-hmm. like honestly very little i you know when it, i i'm not very good at sleeping a lot sometimes i, I I'm, I'm catching up on sleep it's like a real privilege for me but uh mm-hmm. most of the time i most of the time i'm like working uh in some way shape or form and yeah i was just i've been i've been talking with a lot of people about how i just really do feel like i, I don't ever get time to myself and that's been like definitely weighing on me lately um mm-hmm. but i also have this like real like hunger um 
to uh, like make something of myself. I don't know. I really, I really am a firm believer that the best revenge is living a good life. And I'm not really necessarily an individual motivated by revenge, but there's certain things I want to prove to the world, I would say. Um, yeah. And, and I feel like that drives me really hard. I remember having a conversation with one of my good friends two years ago and I was really, I think I was really pissed off uh, probably at the moving company at that point in time, probably cause they had just been abusing one of their employees. Um, and I was just like, I think I had quit that day and I, I called him on the phone. I said, what motivates me from now on is revenge. And I don't, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily stand by, yeah, Yeah. I, I don't necessarily stand by that to this day, but there is like a certain degree of kind of like rage I have towards the world and the system that I like feed on. There's a, the lead sling, the lead singer, black flag for a while, uh, Henry Rollins. He, he's a big inspiration to me. And he talks about how, you know, he was very, very angry, famously. So in the black flag era and how like, as he's gotten older, he's gotten a lot better at controlling it, but it's still like how he gets things done. He's like, yeah, just focus all my rage and whatever's in front of me. Yeah. And I just like destroy it. I've, I've seen really, uh, hardcore videos of that guy. Um, he's in his like younger days, uh, performing and him just getting really like fighting fans and like, you know, it just intense stuff. Yeah, his um, eyes, especially like in his really like angry years, you can see just like the fucking like animal rage in his eyes. It's like quite terrifying. <laughs> People talk about like going to like like say hi to him before a show, and he just like looks at him, and they were like, and I was terrified. I felt like he was like a like a lion or something, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I, I'm not um, on that level by any means, but I I, I resonate with it, you know, and to an extent. Yeah. And the, you know, the, I'll tell you the reason I ask is because, you know, one of the, one of the interesting things that I've been, um, you know, that I've been able to witness, you know, over and over again, I've been streaming for three years and I also wrote the growth hackers guide pretty soon after I started just as like my own little, it started out as like my own little journal, my own little kind of, um, uh, what do you call it? You know, wiki of information that I would refer back to. And then I, I kind of turned it into the, to the series. And, um, you know, as you might know, I'm quite open and clear about the fact that, you know, I'm not a big streamer. This is a culmination of the research I've done. You know, there's no one way to grow. There's no single method. Oh yeah, um, for sure. To do it. And, uh, from that, you know, I've seen so many um, really, really, really amazing, talented streamers come onto the scene and just burn the fuck out. Oh yeah, and they they have these they have um, you know to the point where they they don't give themselves enough time. Like they almost forget who they are and why they started, and they can't they don't come back from that. And it's it's such a shame because it's like you lose a friend in a way. Um, you know, I, I, I could name a few like famous cases, but, um, so I just, I see that a little bit in you and that's not a bad thing. You have a community that really cares about you. And it's one of the things that, you know, I would hate to see is you just 
um, working uh, working on everything you're doing, despite how creative it is and how much life-giving it may be to you, you get to this place where you just kind of like blink and you're like, wait, what happened? Like, what am I doing? What am I doing with this content? What am you have kind of an existential crisis um, because you have you have not even given yourself a moment to reflect and look back and understand and and sort of adapt and evolve what you're doing, which, you know, it's just I, I so the, the reason I ask is because like, <laughs> you know, doing a 12 hour charity stream <laughs> that was such a successful charity stream by the way it was and i, I am and honestly I, still like processing that yeah and and uh i um i i tried to stay up my, my girlfriend and i both were up <laughs> watching uh all the guests come on and um you know i i eventually just fell asleep because it was like 2 a.m <laughs> You know, I think we had to tap out at 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah, but, understandably you know, so. You're just getting these these quick little five minute like smoke breaks in between, and then it's like <laughs> right back into the fray. And these are not these are not easy conversations to have with people. The ones you're having these are emotionally draining, taxing. Uh, you have to be focused. You have to be on it. You have to, you know, discuss those kinds of topics with a lot of, you know. Uh, care, especially as like a cis white male. And so um, I was just, I was just like, I hope he gets a bunch of sleep and (laughs) I hope he like takes a day, Um, which I, I I don't know. I don't know if you did or not, but it's just, it's just one of those things that people, yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things that like, you know, your community worries about. And I, I feel very much like a part of your community now. Oh, I definitely think you are. Wait, if you'll hold that thought, my neighbors are knocking on my door. I have a package for them that I picked up. One second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for like my studio, my music, my, like my records. And it's really cheap. It's really cheap because, okay, this is going to sound dark, but, you know, bear with mm-hmm. me here. I always, I usually, I like to live in bigger cities. I'm a, I'm a city boy. I like to live in places, uh, usually areas that are considered like quite dangerous or areas where there have been like, like murders recently. Not because I have like a murder obsession, but because the rent is always a lot lower, uh, like way mm-hmm. lower. It's like a steal. Um, and so Mm -hmm. this is, you know, there's, there's a murder here somewhat recently and, you know, they were all like on the phone. They were like, we're going to get all these security measures. I was like, I don't care. Like, is it cheap? You know? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, cool. You know? And so I'm like, I'm in this like one bed and it's actually quite spacious. It's quite nice. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm like this, you know, nocturnal hermit and I'm, I'm a big fan of the darkness. I, uh, have blackout curtains on all the windows and I just like, sometimes what honestly recharging for me is like no lights. Maybe I'm playing a video game that I can just get lost in. Lately, that's been Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how I recalibrate because I can just let my mind zone out. But when you said big fan of the darkness, I, <laughs> I for a second, I thought you were talking about the band. Oh, no, 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 no. 
No, I just, I'm like this strange character that like, you know, people visit me and all the lights are off in my house and I don't know why that is, but I like it, you know, I like it. Some people are concerned about it, but it's, it's, it's like prosper for me, you know, or for sure. It's how I prosper. Yeah. I, I thought I thought you were gonna say something way darker. You know, when oh, someone no. when someone when someone prefaces something that they're about to say, well, this is gonna sound really dark. I'm like, Jesus, are you like are you like hanging yourself and like jerking off into you know like that, that kind what of do they weird call that? shit? Uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> right. Nothing like that. No, I just I just live in like a very dark like cave, you know, and I'm like a little sometimes I'm just like a little like goblin and you know, like mm-hmm. the, the, the food delivery people come to the door and I'm just like, you know, leave it at the door. And I just like claw it in <laughs> like my cavern, you know, but I'm, all, I'm also really meticulous with my space. So like I, I'm very specific with how I have things ordered on like my desk and my coffee table. Um, you know, yeah. I have like art on my walls. That's really important to me. And then I have it like placed. So I have like a very like neat space, but it's very, it's very, it's like full of a lot of books and records. Yeah. Mm-hmm what um the other thing i wanted to ask you was so you are a you're a full-time content creator streamer yeah yeah i am so when can can you can you tell me a little bit about how you made that switch like did you fall into it or did you make a conscious decision or were you in a place uh like financially where you could make it work I, it's still honestly really difficult to make it work. If I'm being honest, I am really like, you know, it's interesting kind of a conflict. We can get to it later this month is, is going to be like interesting. I want to do basically just charity this. Well, I want to do just charity this month, but I financially can't, you know, so I've been kind of wrestling with that. Um, but anyways, so, uh, Yeah, I, I really, the the real reason I went full-time is because I, well, I had a job I was planning to get when I moved here, and I didn't end up getting hired for that, and and then I did get a job, and I worked it for a couple weeks, and it was for a talent agency, and I just felt like, well, first of all, I felt, I felt like kind of disgusting in the job. Uh, second of all, I just, I just, I don't know. I've always struggled. Um and the system, so to speak, I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've never been able to fit into it, uh, at all. I always like told mm-hmm. people, I, I always felt like I was either going to be like a career criminal or maybe like I'd somehow succeed as some kind of like artist, but that was the only way, you know, like mm-hmm. everything, nothing else really, uh, works for me. I don't know why mm-hmm. that is, but, uh, yeah. So I remember for a long time, I was convinced that I was going to join like an outlaw biker gang or something. Or I was gonna mm-hmm. be like a, I don't know, some kind of something. Um, but yeah, so I'm not that. I'm I'm a Twitch streamer instead. But yeah, I I basically just reached a point where I was like, I'm gonna make this work, you know, or or, or die trying, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I I think you're well on your way, you know. And I think um you got to you you got to balance like you have to balance the impact you make in your charitable efforts with you know, balancing the care you give yourself, yeah. right? You know, because it's, it sounds cliche. It might, it might kind of sound kind of stupid, but one of the things my mom just like beat into my brain from a very young age is, <clears throat> is that you can't, you can't help others if you, you don't take care of yourself. And that means, you know, eating decent food every once in a while. That means, you know, getting outside, breathing air, seeing the sunlight. That means, you know, going for a walk around the block 
it means uh, expressing yourself, but like truly expressing yourself, not through a medium that you require uh, that it feeds you, you know, financially. Uh, so all those things. And um, yeah, so that that is tough. That it, like I, I asked because I, I was wondering, you know, if it, the balance that a full-time content creator has to make is not something that I've, like I work full time. I wake up at seven a.m. I'm like fully integrated into the machine that wow. we've that we've so talked about, and I, and I'd love to talk to you a little bit about that before yeah. the end of the night, please. But but that I'm really interested in that in that struggle between, um, you know, as a as a content creator, like trying to make an impact and using your platform for like a cause like what we're seeing in the U S right now and all over the world versus feeding yourself, like paying your minimum life expenses, uh, <laughs> rent, food, water, electricity, internet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been homeless before, you know, and I've been like dead broke. I was really broke in college for a while or I was eating only like every three days or so. I, wow. I don't know. I've been like in really some like really broke ass spots. So I always have this kind of like, you know, you'll be able to make it no matter what thing going on. But like, I don't, I shouldn't force myself into situations like that, you know, but I just, I've always been really like politically uh, motivated. And a lot of times I didn't know how to do it. So I was just educating myself and like studying theory. Mm -hmm. And so like now that I finally have the means to like make an impact, I'm very, I'm very mm -hmm. interested in that. But you know, I got to strike that balance. I will say one thing that I have enjoyed, uh, for whatever reason, maybe it's, you know, good fortune. Maybe it's like, maybe it's the things I've done as far as like community building, but like the people that watch my streams are generally, uh, happy with me, uh, being like pretty, like a hundred percent, like whatever I am, like more or less unfiltered, which mm -hmm. is fortunate. You know, I know a lot of people have to like guard their kind of opinions or feel that they have to. Maybe they don't have to, but they feel that they have to. And uh, mm -hmm. I've never really had to do that. So that's that's good, you know. And I think that's just like kind of this radical honesty thing I've tried to adopt over the past couple of years. I'm just, you know. Yeah, that that you and Toasty had a really good discussion about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you liked yeah, it. Right. Yeah, and, and just how... Uh, just how he he was getting so riled up, man. I... um. I, I I never know. I don't know who Toasty is. I looked him up, and he seems like you know a big uh con a, a big like content creator presence. And <clears throat> I I didn't you know I didn't know what what you guys were gonna get into, but he was getting so riled up, and he's like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like even if you do speak up, and it doesn't fucking matter if you're afraid that you're not gonna get to work with somebody, people are gonna judge you. You're like weeding out the people that aren't going to really support who you are and what the fuck you care about. Yeah. And it was, it was all really good. And I, I just, I, I felt like you really embraced that attitude so much, you know? And it, I, that, I think, I think that too, that's one of the things that really inspired me. It's like, I was like, you know what? Fuck people. If they can't, if they don't, if they don't want to see me care about something that is, that is really hurting me that I want to make an impact with fucking, if, if my, if all my shit gets like cut in half, so be it restart from square one, 
and like find that tribe that that I can really resonate with and and do something with, you know. Yeah. I honestly <laughs> really think that like full honesty is so like valuable in the 21st century because so many people are kind of like wearing a mask or are somewhat dishonest or like fake, especially in like content creation. And that's not like a dig. It's just like kind of part of the industry, you know, and it's part of social media mm -hmm. as well. I, I'd argue it's even programmed into social media. Instagram is like this kind of highlight reel of the life, you know, uh, it's almost mm -hmm. like a big flex of like showing how great uh, what you have going on is. And so I, mm -hmm. I just think it's it, like fakeness has become so much a part of the culture. And a lot of people are like sick of it, but they don't know what to do about it. And yeah. I think that when people are really like straightforward, like some people are going to be like, you know, cause they don't like whatever you're about. But then a lot of people are just really going to appreciate that you're being like straight up. Yeah. My, the, the best streams I ever have are the ones where I come on and I feel like shit and I just tell people I feel like shit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just like, guys, you know, this isn't going to be a fuck. I'm not going to, I'm not going to yell too much tonight. I'm not going to do all the funny meme -y shit. I'm just going to have like a low key thing and people are just, they respond to it. Cause it's real. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fucking real it's, shit. And it's so rare to find like authentic anything. I feel like anymore. I feel like so much of our world has become like these weird reflections of a reflection. Um, and people are really searching for like meaning and, and authenticity. Mm -hmm. Did you see that, that black mirror advertisement? Uh, no, actually. Oh, so, so there's supposed to be, you know, the show Black Mirror, the Netflix show. Oh, big time. I've seen all of it. Yeah. There's supposed to be a, a season six, like people have been waiting for a season six. Yeah. And I think what happened and I, I probably don't have all the pieces of the story, but they, they either, I think they canceled season six entirely and they just did. put out a bunch of ads that said like, we can't top you know, there's nothing we can do to top the dystopian, the dystopian world we live in right now with all that's going on. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'd heard. They were like, yeah, we really don't need to like, we don't need to do this. We feel like it would be almost like too much. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just I thought, you know, it's campaigns like that are the reason why I got into advertising. Oh, you know? uh, yeah. You know, I remember you saying that the other day and I was really intrigued by that, you know, advertising. What a like what a world. I mean, I don't know what it's like, but I yes. always imagine a bunch of ad execs like smoking cigars. And they're like, uh, uh, uh. like this one's so, going to make Procter Gamble millions. And then that's like, Mad Men or some shit, you know. So picture pit picture like 24 year old me. You know, uh -huh. I'm I'm 31 now. Picture like young 24 year old me you get like a business degree you get like a suit no, I, maybe oh i don't know no no oh. no no degree no anything the Hell only yeah. the only reason i got in was because i knew how to use fucking facebook ah and, nice <laughs> yeah, nice yeah because nice. in the when i worked in the music industry um you know, I would use, I would use Facebook to introduce new music to different communities online. And that was sort of the genesis of my understanding of social media. And then that turned into paid media and that turned into CRM and all this other technology that now wow. I've like built a prison around myself and I've lost the key and I don't know how to get out. Wow. That's a you really know? profound phrase. You just said. So, 
Yeah, so so what you but what you just described with the ad execs talking about Procter Gamble, that was that was the world that I was plunged into. Oh wow. Yeah, that's because that's and how it, I always imagine I, I imagine that's somewhat like exaggerated, but there's gotta be some truth to that perception of it. Well, yeah, those that era has more or less died out. Like okay. you know, the 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 Mad Men era of advertising has really died out, but I, I, it, I was, you know, for better, or for worse, got plunged into one of the last kind of old school ad agencies where, you know, the fucking owner would have his barber come to the office and cut his hair in his, in his corner suite and shit. And, you know, it was really fucked up. And it was also exciting because I was like, you know, young kid trying to, right. I was like excited to make, make an impact. And oh, I was yeah. like, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to come in and use technology and blow these old dudes minds. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and like, I, uh, I, no one wanted to hear it, hear about it. Like no one wanted to fucking acknowledge it. Uh, they were, they, they got me on board because they could bill 100% of my time out to, um, one of the clients, uh, a client they had by the name of Toyota. Oh yeah. And, I'm, I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, uh, yeah, like the, it was just, it was just a really kind of hard and fast lesson around walking into a situation that you've been desperately trying to claw at and, and get into. And then once you're in it, uh, it's, it's nothing like you thought it was. It's soul destroying. It's humiliating in a lot of ways. And people are just trying to squash you. And from the fucking curb of like being squashed by all these like old white advertising dudes. I had this moment. I was like, fuck this. I like closed my, the, like my door to, to my office, finished my entire week's worth of duties in like the span of a few hours on a Monday morning. And then didn't talk to anyone, you know, just put everything on autopilot and started getting my own fucking clients. Hell yeah. Like literally like tapping, you know, anything I could. And then eventually that turned into my own little practice. And then I, I actually incorporated something with a business partner. And then we got another two guys to come on board. And all of a sudden I was part of this, this sales engine contributing to the fucking machine. Because I was like, I was trying to, you know, I was trying to get revenge, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, but it was, I was trying, I, I got revenge in the wrong direction. And now here I am. And, you know, I don't know how to get out of it. And like, I, you know, I sure fucking hope that my colleagues don't hear this podcast, but fuck <laughs> it if they do, it doesn't matter. Maybe it's, maybe it'll be a golden opportunity for fine to, to finally leave. But uh, that was, you know, that was like seven years ago. Right. And, you know, one, one client turned into two, turned into four or five, six, seven, eight, you know, seven years later, uh, it's a million dollar company. I'm still paying myself shitty wages. I'm like feeding the beast. And, uh, this other guy came in and bought half of it, bought out my partner. And, it's even more like a machine now. Like wow. this guy came in, he's he's and he's like, I'm gonna, I'm we're gonna open up offices all over the world. We're gonna hire hundreds of people, and you're gonna make a lot of money. It's like you're gonna make a lot of money while we do this. And I'm just like, 
what happened? You know, like I, I wanted to, I wanted to get into advertising to make a difference, to make shock campaigns that change people's minds about things. Yeah. And now I, I wake up at seven in the morning and I sell fucking furniture and I, uh, promote fucking cruise lines and I just like, don't know what to do about it. And so, so that's kind of like my little story and my little intro into where I'm at. Um, and the reason it's so hard to escape it is because, you know, there's, I, I've brought this whole team of, of people along with me now that, you know, uh, rely on me or, you know, uh, it's like you lead by example. Right. And I've, I've, I've led by example, a bunch of 24, 24, 25 year old kids like myself. And now, you know, I don't even fucking believe in the work anymore. And I don't have, I don't have the heart to tell anybody. Oh, wow. (laughs) You know? Wow. So, so at some point along the line, my counselor pushed me to like, do something outside of that as a way to at least um, separate myself from like the, the crippling anxiety I was feeling of just having it own my life. Yeah. And, you know, streaming is like the only thing that's really gotten me through the past couple years, you know, Uh, because it's, it's an escape. It's the one thing in my life that belongs to me that is mine that I can control that no one else has an opinion over. No, I don't have to convince anyone, like not even, not even my partner, you know, and, and my mom was always the type of person to just fucking support anything my sister and I did. Like we could go, um, fucking make, make, uh, artisanal spoons and she'd fucking peddle them to, to, to her friends, you know, didn't matter what, what we did. My mom was always like backing us up fully 100%, you know? Wow. And so that's, that's why it's been so tough because, you know, when you lose someone like that, you start to realize that everything you've done up to this point is, is for the people you love and like the person you love. And so now I'm in this, now that this, these feelings of, you know, existential dread have been just magnified and blown up by a hundred. And I'm, I'm desperately looking for the key and I, I can't find it. and. I'm just hoping that I do find it in the next little while, you know, and I, I'm lucky, you know, this is my privilege to be in a situation like this. It is my privilege as, as a fucking cis white male to, uh, have had just people latch on to a successful company. Um, and you know, it's my white privilege as a man to be in a position where I have a stable job that I hate, you know, like there's some people that would, that would give up everything they had for that problem. And I'm wasting it, you know? So, (laughs) I mean, you know, that may be true, but still, I think it's valid. You know, it's kind of like they say, like, don't, you know, you can't always, uh, uh, fairly kind of compare like struggles in a way. Because it is a very valid struggle, you know, to, to be in like this existential trap, uh, especially because there's like this whole, you know, I, maybe we talked about it a little bit. I'm, I'm like the critique of capitalism, guys. So I think there's like a narrative that's inherently kind of destructive that 
you know, pursuing a uh, monetary job success is like, you know, fulfillment equals fulfillment. I know in your case, you know, you wanted to do more with advertising than just a job, but I think that like the roadmap that's laid out to us within a capitalistic system to like fulfillment is one that ultimately leads us to an existential prison. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. you know, the answer, I just know that mm -hmm. I became, I think, I think I became aware of it too early. Uh, maybe yeah. I shouldn't have read Marx when I was young and, I, I think that's a big reason why I just have never been able to fit in. I read, I, you know, I kept reading philosophy. I kept reading anarchist literature mm -hmm. and I would be like at my job and I'd be looking around and I'd be like, this is the machine of the bourgeoisie and it seeks to crush my soul and it seeks to exploit, yeah. you know, it seeks to exploit individuals. Like when I was working for the talent agency, yeah. they were like trying to convince me to like, you know, get these people to sign with the agency. And I was like, so we're going to like help them develop their platforms. They're like, Oh, I mean, maybe. And I was like, what do you mean? Maybe like, that's, that's what we're telling them. Right. And they're like, yeah, but mostly we're just making money. I was like, what the fuck? You know, I was like, you, you know, that I am like a content creator as well. Right. You know, you think I can just do this like no. And, and so I quit, but I, um, you know, I quit for a lot of reasons, but that was a big one of them. And I just, I, I've always felt like I always tell people like philosophy ruined me, you know, like I, I feel that I'm never going to be able to function in regular society because I've been made aware of yeah. that. And I mean, I want to change society, but that's obviously a long <clears throat> measurement. And I mean, just what you say about the existential trap, I get it. And I think, you know, for me, a, a big reason why I was spending so much time in the darkness is because I was, I was abundantly aware of this, but I just felt completely powerless to do anything about it. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, it came to the point, like for me, I was just a hundred percent, I almost like internalized this terror of the outside world. And I would never leave my house. I would be inside for months sometimes. And I wouldn't mm -hmm. talk to anybody, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I would just be in this, like, you know, this dark indoors area and like, like wouldn't even call my parents for a month, mm -hmm. just drop off the grid. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I just, I saw no problem with it. And that kind of scared me, you know, that I would dissociate yeah. that hard from kind of reality in a sense. But it, a lot of it had to do with me just like seeing the world as this like just machine that like ground people up and chewed them up and, and just destroy them until there was nothing left. And uh, yeah. streaming for me gave me a path out of that, um, away yeah. from that. And it is still, you know, kind of in tandem with it. But I, I, I can honestly say that like streaming and what I've been able to do in a year of streaming is the most important and significant thing I've done in my life. And it's the only time in my life where I've ever felt any degree of fulfillment. Yeah. 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 You know, <clears throat> I think, um, you know, you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I might be assuming, mm -hmm. I might be assuming a little bit here, but <clears throat> you, you mix in, I, I find that you mix in a lot of, your past with where you are now when you desperately want to make change and you have this amazing platform and ability to inspire others and i don't hear you like uh, you know uh, and again correct me if i'm wrong because i've only known you for like a week and a half but i i've never really heard you talk about like you know what the future for you looks like you know of course you're going to keep doing this thing but um mm. if i i mean if I were you and I had the freedom, the flexibility and uh, the, you know, just the position 
to really focus 100% of my efforts, I would, I would leave, you know, so much of uh, my past behind me and just focus on, you know, one, two, three, four year plans. Like I want to, I want to be at this place uh, at this point. I want to talk to this person. I want to engage and collaborate with this group, this community. Do you ever think about, you, do you think about those long-term plans or do you find yourself more often like looking at the past and feeling like you're still in this, you know, weird capitalist society and just trying to do your best? I, I, I feel like I'm somewhere in between. So I do, I don't really have like super long-term future plans in many ways. I'm like kind of taking it day by day, but you know, there are mm -hmm. some things I have, there are, there are some specific goals and uh, the next two years I want to have an adult swim show. I want to have been on the Joe Rogan experience because Joe Rogan's a big inspiration to me. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a third, I had a third one that I cannot, I cannot <laughs> seem to recall. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, and I, I want to continue living in different places. That's part of it, but that, that's you know, kind of unrelated to business. I guess, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I have goals like that, but I, I talk about goals and I, there are people I'd like to meet places I'd like to go, but I mm -hmm. do, I definitely feel, well, I feel trapped, uh, you know, in, in my past to an extent. And there's just some, there's some things that kind of follow me from like my student loans, for example, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, they've been, they've been like a recent thing. I finally had to start like paying on, um, mm -hmm. And yeah, there's definitely like a lot of, I'd say, uh, regret and like discontent tied up in my past. I think a big thing I regret and eventually I'll be able to let it go. But at the moment, it's just really annoying because it's like the student loans are staring me in the face. And I'm just like, why the fuck did like I ever go to college? You know, like I didn't want to do it. I, and I mentioned I was in that place of apathy before. I just had no desire mm -hmm. to do anything else. And everyone around me is like, go to college, go to college, go to college. And I was just like, I guess I'm going to college, you know, and I showed up there yeah. and I hated every second of it. You know, I was miserable the entire time. Yeah. And, uh, I was terrible, you know, like as far as my classes go, like I got by, but I like, you know, I was, a, uh, I was, I was just miserable. Yeah. Just truly there, miserable. there was, there was, there have been few more terrifying decisions I've had to make in my life than the choice to not go to college or university after high school. Yeah, because uh, because I, I, you know, you get the I got the same message like beaten into me. Yeah. And there was just I knew I didn't have the grades to really get into like anywhere I wanted to go. Yeah. You know, and and I I wanted I wanted to do philosophy, but then everyone said, you're not going to make any money. You're not going to make any money. So, you know, don't do it. Don't go. So I didn't fucking go. And I, I was really into music. I was playing in like a bunch of different Vancouver bands. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to go to uh, Berkeley and like go dive deep into percussion. And, you know, I was looking at 100K plus and there's no way, there's no way I, I would ever like I, there's no way I could even fathom that m amount of money. Yeah. Uh, to be yeah. spent on anything. So, so I was like, well, you know, there's nothing for me. Yeah. You know, there's nothing for me, uh, out there. And, and I became like a door to door telephone salesman guy for a bit, a fucking 18 year old knocking on doors, trying to sell people phone plans. Like, um, it is so humiliating. Oh, I'm sure. Like, just so intrusive. So like perverse. 
And um, it's just, you know, I, I had my fair share of like mental breakdowns back then. And then eventually, uh, you know, I bartended for like eight years. And that's when I really learned, like bartending really taught me how the fuck to act, you know, uh, in the face of like crippling anxiety and just like how to put on a mask, pretend you're having a good time, shove alcohol down people's throats, <laughs> see the best and the worst in people every yeah. night over and over again, 12 hours. And uh, at some point, um, you know, I made, the, I made the move to pivot some of my skills into advertising. And, um, you know, you, you, I think, are one of these people, um, you know, Toasty, you remember Toasty came on the show? Of course, yeah. And, and, he, and you were like, man, thank you so much for coming on. He's like, of course, I love, I love your stream. <laughs> I love the show. And, um, you know, that's, that's a, like a big, that's a big compliment, right? That um, is, yeah. Cause a lot of those, a lot of those big kahunas, you know, are so fucking busy and so jaded and so fucking beat down in their own sense of the word that they couldn't give a fuck about spending the time coming on, like, you know, yeah. a like a, a little small channel yeah. like yours. Yeah. And I'm still I, very I like, like very early in my journey too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and you're right, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not, I'm not like, it, it amazes me that people consider me, um, you know, like to, to be guests on the show. Like, I, you know, it's not that I am down on myself so much as just like, I, mm -hmm. it shows me that a lot of people care about more than numbers because I don't really have massive numbers by any means, you know, like they don't, a lot mm -hmm. of the people that come on my show don't have anything to gain from being on my show, but they do it, you know, anyways, which is reassuring. <laughs> Uh, for me about humanity. Yeah. I, I, and I, I think people want to see the right people succeed. And I think a lot of people see that in you, whether, you know, whatever walks of life, life they may be from. <clears throat> and that's why people like want to invest in you, be it their time, uh, their money, uh, their support, their talent. Um, and, and I, I'm also really excited like I, I have no doubt in my mind that all those fucking goals that you just laid off, um, being on the Joe Rogan, uh, Rogan experience, having a show on Adult Swim, that is all going to happen for you, you know. And you, I think, have a lot of, uh, you've got to, I think you have to let go of a lot of things about your past that hold you down. Yeah. Um, in order to, in order to like, you know, have space for all those those big things to happen, you know. Um, that's like quite it's true. Just, just I, 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 that maybe take it with a fucking grain of salt. Maybe completely, you know, untrue. Maybe something to it. That is just something that I have been thinking about as I've been involved in your community and, you know, watching your your charity streams and and yada yada yada. No, you're right. I mean, truthfully speaking, like like I said, the past year of my life has been. Uh, honestly, the only year to my recollection that I can say, you know, I've been doing significant things that I really connect with and I can like see sort of the path unfolding in front of me. And I've been, I've been, uh, I think you've met now at this point, a, a, a few members of like the nephew network. So for me, a big moment in my streaming career was like being able to join the nephew network and, uh, like a lot of the creators in it, I really, uh, really resonate with, um, mm -hmm. maybe, mm -hmm. you know, like Harry horror show, uh, uncle Joe, uh, mm -hmm. Dandy. 
you know, a lot of these uh, artsy, uh, I can be Danny. These are like creators that blow me away consistently. And like the idea that I would be, you know, like incorporated into this team was like, it floored me. I, I didn't think I was going to be like accepted. And then, you know, even more still, like uh, a few weeks ago, Uncle Joe like invited me out and I flew out and like spent like, you know, uh, almost a week or whatever with, with Joe. And I can just see that like, I, I'm meeting like the kind of people I want to know and I'm beginning to surround myself with like the peer group that yes. I've always wanted. Um, and you're right. You know, it's like, I am now building the things that are important to me and yeah. the only thing really inserting darkness into my life. I mean, of course the world is, you know, uh, has a lot of pain, but also a lot of joy mm -hmm. and a lot of, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like, it's like as much pain as there is right now in the world with the protests. This is also like humanity saying like enough of this abuse and like finally standing up and you know i mean there's people people have stood up of course times in the past but this is like the scale of this is so massive it really like is is as sad as you know seeing the abuse makes me it also is really like so encouraging um mm -hmm. and so i guess i what i'm saying is you i think you're right like a lot of the truly crippling like darkness does come from my past mm-hmm yeah. And, and again, like, I, I really don't know that much about your past. I just, I, you know, I, my superpower is like, you know, uh, empathy. Like it's almost to like, a uh, to the point where I, I have to just, uh, in my own way, shut out the world and, you mm. know, be with myself. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of really talented, good fucking well-meaning people that um just sabotage themselves because they don't let themselves uh they don't they don't let themselves receive like success and they don't let themselves like receive um you know it's it's like then you know when you when you just said you know becoming a part of the nephew network i was blown away well why were you blown away you know like you should ask yourself because I would encourage you to like look at why you would think that you are so uh lesser than all these other people you know where whereas like a, probably a lot of people in your community couldn't really give too much of a rat's ass about all the other content creators in that, and they just they just want to show up for you, you know, and that is a whole other fucking can of worms of what you know streamers and content creators go through is comparing themselves to others you're right you're right it's uh i actually did a podcast episode <laughs> one of my first five solo ones it was on imposter syndrome and i got in a comparison i it's so ah it sucks because I, I and i do it all the time and I, I know it's bad and i see myself doing it and i'm like what the fuck are you doing it still happens it's too it's it's just too <laughs> easy to do it yeah um especially when you're so plugged into like social media and Twitch, mm -hmm. as you kind of have to be uh, to be a successful content creator. Um, yeah. It's like the brutal, brutal dark side of it all. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, I was going to I was going to say one of the one of the things that my mom always just told me over the years is she said she's she was so much about you know, the philosophy of abundance as cliche and as white privilege as that may be. Um, but she was much more like uh, philosophical with it in the sense that, 
you know, when you compare yourself to others, you assume that there is not enough, you know, for there's not enough for you. There's not enough for that person. And you need to be so much more than they are that, you know, you need to capture their magic. And that is just such like a, a, a lie. You know, I'm sure you probably know more about this than I do in a lot of ways, right? With all the reading you've done and the, the philosophy you subscribe to. Well, most of my philosophy research was in the field of ethics, which is, you know, more or less like right and wrong action. And then uh, mm. metaphysics and, and uh, social philosophy and postmodernism, which is a lot of kind of wild deconstruction of reality and social system stuff, but like not as much mindset type things. I don't know what, wor what world, what, what world that would be called, but there is like a whole sort of sub discipline of philosophy of kind of like stoicism would fit in there, for example, of like how mm -hmm. one should uh, approach life. And I mean, it's kind of incorporated into ethics in a way, but ethics focuses so much on, on, you know, morals and, and whatnot that it, it kind of it dodges around that so no I, I don't really is what i'm saying i could tell you you know i could break down complex value judgments uh and even mm. like logical like equations but like that is not something i know much about yeah yeah anyways you know you also you also are such a natural performer i almost would would think that you went to that you like did theater or went to like corporeal mime school or something. <laughs> That'd be cool. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how I, uh, cause I have gotten like, okay. I would say at least at, at improv and stuff like that on the stream. I don't know how, honestly, I never took drama classes or theater classes. Uh, I wanted to, but I just never, I was in like a bunch of like, programs that made me take stem classes and i hated them um and mm -hmm. i kind of was you know encouraged not to pursue art courses and i really wish i had but yeah i don't know honestly i have no idea why was so i i'd love to hear more about your you know when you flew out to to spend a week with uncle joe like yeah. tell me tell me like how that happened and then what it was what it was like and what you got out of that well, Joe's just like a really like uh, he's a great soul. He's like quite a friendly guy. And so I had been in the nephew network for a little a little while. I don't know how long exactly, um, you know, and I've been talking with Joe here and there, you know, developing, you know, sort of rapport with him. And uh, I, you know, ask him for advice periodically. I was in his stream a lot and uh, he brought me on Lost Souls with him, which is, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a late night show. He runs on a channel called SideQuest and. You know, I talked about street fashion, which is something I'm really into. And uh, anyway, so he and I, you know, had kind of a dialogue. It wasn't like super close or anything. You know, he'd maybe I'd message him like once every few days, if I if at all. But, uh, you know, we, mm -hmm. we did have rapport. And I think just at one point he, he said something along the lines of, you know, if you're like ever out in Arizona, you should stop by. And, you know, Uncle Joe does bring like he brings people on the show uh, quite frequently. It's like kind of uh, one of his things is he has a lot of guests. But uh you know, and, and I was like, you know, like, oh, wow, really? That, that could be sweet. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll even like fly out there. And he's like, yeah, please do it. And I was like, wow, you know, uh, or I don't think I was planning to fly initially. I was planning to drive. Uh, but then, you know, I was like, this is a long ass drive. And I, I realized flights are really cheap right now. So I yeah. went ahead and flew. But uh, anyways, and so, yeah, it's just kind of like Joe's like um, very much a uh, kind of a surfing the waves of life type of guy. He's very. Uh, mm hmm. Like he's like water, 
<laughs> he's like a, a really intense raging typhoon um but yeah. takes it day by day very much so to where like he is uh you know uh, a casual dude right so it, this was uh -huh. uh, something that you know we'd organized but it wasn't like this massive thing and you know they picked me up from the airport uh first of all i was like amazed at just like arizona naturally i'd never been out west like that and the nature out there is beautiful but wow. then I was just immediate camaraderie, you know, there's no like awkward, like, Oh, so we only know each other from the internet. It was like immediate camaraderie. And the whole time was a blast. I actually found a real, yeah. like, uh, I found a real kind of, uh, what's the word comrade and Joe, you know, there's a lot of things we could really relate on. And so, um, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. it was a very, well, it was a very validating experience in many ways. Uh, first of all, like that, the people that I was, you know, building relationships with through Twitch were like people that I actually liked in real life too, you know, like who knows, right? Cause like you say, there's certain personas one puts on on Twitch, uh, mm -hmm. and you never know like what they're like behind the camera, but you mm -hmm. know, in the mm -hmm. case of visiting Joe and, and, you know, also Zach, it was, it was, uh, it was quite amazing. Was that the first, so was that like the first time you, uh, kind of like actually went and hung out with internet friends IRL? Uh, so I had at DreamHack Atlanta, I had planned to go to DreamHack Atlanta. I was like, I'm going to do some uh, networking. So I'm going to do some business. And, uh, I made mm -hmm. some friends there, but then also some, some friends I knew from Twitch were there, uh, Jeannie, uh, and his wife, Kelly, uh, and we met up and we got some beers at a really cool uh, craft beer spot in Atlanta. And uh, anyway, mm -hmm. so that was the only other time. But yeah, yeah. So not many people. I, I'm still holding out that TwitchCon uh, happens this year because I'm really looking forward to meeting like all these people I love so much. Yeah. Uh, I already bought my flight and my Airbnb. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> like, I, I just, I'm trying not to get too excited about it because I want to cushion the blow of when it when they you know put out the notice that it's going to be canceled i really well, really hope they don't i gotta say it what will be you kind of yeah what you kind of described as you know this this like very much feeling of camaraderie when you went and hung out with with joe and friends is like very much how i felt at twitchcon last year mm. when i went because you think you like you don't know what what these people are going to be like off camera and like in real life and just everyone was even more uh beautiful yeah. and loving and positive than yeah. they even made themselves out to be yeah like that was my experience and and never in my life had i felt so belonged and at home with like all the people that came and um yeah, it was so it was such like a beautiful experience. Exactly. And I remember what? I had heard someone once uh, in my freshman year of college, I was at some like party at some beach place and uh there's like a girl there and she was kind of like a hippie uh or she was going for a kind of hippie and uh she was talking about finding her soul tribe. And I a, a bunch of people there were like kind of like mocking of it and I actually thought it was a really like I was like I like that, you know, cuz I don't know what that is. I I haven't found it but it sounds really nice, you know, to find that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. and you know, that's kind of how I felt with the people I met on Twitch. It's mm -hmm. like this really crazy Island of, of misfit toys in many ways. Um, mm -hmm. like the people that are on Twitch are very different from, I feel like the people that are dominantly on like YouTube or anything else. Um, mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Like Twitch has a lot of these just really like, like amazingly weird people that I adore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how is your love life? Oh, it's good. I actually have a girlfriend, steady girlfriend for like a little, uh, little while now, but going to be six months kind of soon. Okay. So, so you do, you do have someone that you can just, you know, uh, like turn everything off and just like sit on the couch with and do nothing. Yeah. 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 For sure. So what is, what's she like? What kind of a person is she? How did you guys connect? <laughs> we actually met through Twitch. Uh, like very early on in my Twitch career, uh, we, it was unintentional. Um, like she, she actually found my channel from a random clip that had been taken of like a game show I was on. And she like clicked on my username and like found me when I was streaming and we just kind of like built rapport. And then I like raided her mm -hmm. the next day, you know, because, uh, she was like really cool and hanging out in my stream. And, uh, mm -hmm. and we just kind of started talking via, uh, she she messaged me first on Instagram actually to thank me for the raid and we just started talking we didn't stop talking for a while and there was like no mm -hmm. flirtation or anything we were just talking for like I don't know maybe three months uh, this was when I was living in Jacksonville uh, and she uh, and and eventually I finally went up to to come visit Nashville because I had been I had actually been planning to move here for a while and she lived here. Um, and that's what that's what brought you out to Nashville. Well, no, actually, I had been planning to go to Nashville before that, which was kind of this really weird bit of synchronicity. Uh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. I okay. had been planning to go to Nashville or Austin, and uh, I eventually made up my mind to Nashville. And she was definitely part of that for sure. Uh, but there was mm -hmm. there was also, you know, it was already kind of on the table. So it worked out really well. And, you know, so I went out to visit like here uh, to like scope out the areas I was maybe going to be renting on like the 25th or the 26th, this is the day after Christmas. And so that's when she and I actually met for the first time. And we like, you know, hit it off romantically and we kind of been going oh, ever wow. since. But yeah. Yeah. And then before that, there was like no real mention of any kind of romance. There's no flirtation or any of that. It was very, uh, it was very interesting, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so do you, so you guys, do you live together or do you not? No, no, we live in separate places. And then, um, how do you, so you, I, do you mind me? This is, I'm asking very personal questions here. Just feel, please. Pre, please feel free to tell me to shut the fuck up. No, no, ask away, ask away. Uh, so when did, you know, what, when, when have you guys had like serious discussions about what you guys are both doing? Is there, what kind of levels of autonomy do you both have? What kind of space do you give each other? We, uh, we give each other like a pretty, like, I would say large amount of space, um, or we can, you know, depends on the week. Um, sometimes, you know, I'm, I text her, I'm like, Hey, you know, like I'm really, uh, you know, I kind of need today to myself. And she's like very understanding about that. And then other times we see each other for like, you know, most of the week. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we definitely like are able to have autonomy. Uh, she, you know, she has a full-time job and as well as her stream, and, you know, I, I stay quite busy with my stream as well. So we're both kind of like, mm -hmm. we're both kind of like <clears throat> go-getters or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there's, so there's, there's that. Uh, and we do see each other, like, at least, you know, mul multiple times a week. But, you know, sometimes more, sometimes a little less. And before uh, the pandemic, we, we used to, like, always organize, like, a really, like, a really cool date every week where we'd go to, like, a new restaurant uh, and then yeah. like a, like a cool bar, we were looking for like really interesting and strange bars. 
but we haven't been able cool. to do that in a long time. But uh, it'll be cool to get into that again. Anyway, so oh, yeah. Yeah. So have you guys had to like, um, you know, social distance from each other or? Oh no. Well, I mean, yeah. maybe we should. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not really worried about it with her. You know. I, yeah. Like you can. You can. Extreme. You can. Qu- you can quarantine with your significant other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. so to speak. I, you know, I was, I had a healthy concern for COVID-19, but I also wasn't like very panicky about, I'm not, I don't, I don't worry about uh, much, truthfully speaking. I'm like mm-hmm. pretty even keeled. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm very like at peace with the idea of death, I suppose. Um, and yeah. uh, not that I'm reckless about it, but I'm also, yeah. you know, gonna live my life, you know, even if there's like, cause there's always some kind of horror out in the world or fear. Um, and yeah. you know, I'll, I'll take necessary precautions, but I'm also not gonna, uh, let it, you know, destroy my life. So, um, thank you for, thank you for talking about your love life on your own podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Be interesting to, uh, to see what, what makes the cut in the, uh, post-production and what doesn't. I'm probably not going to edit much of it out. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I kind of like, I like, I like it to kind of just roll, you know, I, I mean, I only really edit if there, you know, if there's something that person wants to cut out or if there's like audio issues, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, just yeah. edit out when I, you know, walked away, but, uh, yeah. So, so what, um, like with regards to the podcast, I, I'm interested in like where, so you mentioned the the previous five episodes were just kind of solo. Yeah. Which is why I didn't, I mean, I've been doing the podcast for like, I don't remember how long, maybe I guess six, technically six months, but I've only done five episodes because I just get so anxious to do them by myself. So I was finally like, I just need to start getting guests. This makes it so much better for me. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, uh, I've been going through a similar thing where I, I've been wanting to start a kid's show for a long time. No way. Yeah, man. And it's all about, so I, I want to use, so Stardew Valley is one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the, the most, some of the most difficult times, um, just being locked in to the machine over the past, you know, four or five years, like Stardew Valley has just completely brought me to this very like, uh, young, innocent, comfortable, therapeutic, warm place where, I'm just like this little person and it's, it's also very, you know, I relate to the character in Stardew Valley. Cause I don't know if you've played it before. I haven't, but I have a lot of friends that love it, you know, for the similar reasons that you say, it's like very like comforting. Yeah. And you know, it's, you, you start out, the game starts out, you're this guy working at a uh, Joja Corp. Yeah. And Joja Corp is like, you know, the Amazons, you know, the big fucking multinational corporations. And it like the game pans out and it shows all these like horribly sad people working at desks in the dark with cameras looking down at them. And uh, you get a letter and, you know, your grandpa has died and he's he's left you this farm, this like little property out in Star- Stardew Valley. And so, I mean, naturally I relate, I, I relate to that very deeply because I'm, you know, I, I'm, I wish, you know, I, anyways, so you go move to grandpa's farm and it's kind of this like very unkept, decrepit kind of messy thing that you have to turn into your own. And it's, it's very kind of easy to pick up and to put down. It's, it's not 
super complicated. There's not too, too much thought that you have to put into it. But one of the most beautiful things about it is that it is one of the most uh, down-to-earth kind of life simulators, you know, I've ever played. And I'm not like a big sim guy. Right. You know, I, pl- I played The Sims when I was a kid, and that was fun. But Stardew Valley, there's real kind of life scenarios that you have to deal with. Like, you know, there's people in the town. Eventually, you find out one, one guy is an alcoholic, and you have to address that with him. And then there's another dude who chooses to be homeless and he lives in the woods and he's kind of outcast by everyone in the town and feels ashamed of like coming in and getting in people's way. And there's a war veteran that is suffering from PTSD and he talks about it in these little ways and there's, you know, kids and a little saloon and there's so many, I I was, I was playing it with my little four-year-old nephew and, you know, I was like, oh, he'll he'll enjoy this little pixely, you know, colorful thing with pretty music. And he's asking all these real, really good questions. He's like, oh, what's what's the what's you know, what did, did you get in the mail? And I'm like, oh, it's a rebate from Pierre's, which is the grocery store. And he's like, what's a rebate? What is that? Like, you know, and he's asking all these questions about real life stuff that like kids eventually at some point have to learn about. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I'm a city kid. I grew up in the city. I didn't have access to like, you know, vegetables or farms or like nature of any kind, which is why I'm so drawn to it, uh, you know, as an adult. But, you know, there's so many kids like me that would just, I, I wish I could have, could have had more of an education around like what time of year different vegetables grow and why, and how do they grow? And what does the system look like? How does the distribution network, uh, network look like? How does it, you know, all those kind of like little things that, uh, you know, can, can be like pretty interesting forms of education through a, through a video game. And nobody's doing this. Like nobody, there's not like a single kids channel that uses Stardew Valley uh, as a way to like educate, educate, you know, kids. And, you know, it's not like I want to add another fucking channel for kids that bangs out screen time and keeps kids in front of a screen. But it's kind of the same way I feel about my uh, growth hackers guide. Like I want to do it almost for myself. Uh, I want to, I want to do it more for my, my child self, you know, I want to like give back to my child self that craved that kind of, uh, education and knowledge as a kid, you know? Yeah. Um, and if any, if, if any, if anyone else kind of enjoys it too, that's, that's a bonus, but, um, it's so hard. The reason I bring it up is because it's so hard to, to do it by yourself. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. Uh, it's solidarity, you know what I mean? Like bringing even one other person on board for like a podcast interview, for example, makes it like, like infinitely easier. Um, yeah. When I, when I wrote you on discord and I was like, um, you know, we still good, uh, you know, happy to, um, like push it. You know, I was, I was like, I don't, I don't want to give, uh, I don't want to give him an out. Uh, because I just, I thought you were, I, I literally, I was like, if, if I were you, I'd be so fucking exhausted right now. After <laughs> I mean, everything I'm- honestly, I, okay. So I have been really exhausted. I got a power nap before the interview before this. Um, yeah. I, um, 
Okay, so last weekend, right? Last minute, I'm scrambling to set up this charity stream, and I'm scheduling everybody. Um, I'm trying to, like, set up incentives, and the stream itself was 12 hours. And so, like, the two days before the 12-hour stream, I got, like, maybe six hours of, like, sleep, you know? Mm -hmm. A lot of just, like, laying in bed, like, trying to go to sleep and being, like, full of kind of anxiety and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, like, I'm going to crash hard, and, you know, after the stream... And I sleep and I wake up, I get like three hours of sleep after the 12 hour stream, you know, like, <laughs> and I, yeah. I work all day the next day. And then Wednesday, I finally, I'm just like, I'm done, you know, um, yesterday. And so I just, I just was like, uh, you know, tuned it out and I'm still mm -hmm. really exhausted today. Um, but I've been able to kind of get stuff done. Um, well, you know, that is part of your magic. You know, there's not a lot of people out there that can do that, that have that kind of drive and stamina with creative endeavors. And, um, you know, that's part of why I'm so excited to like, see what you do with all this stuff and to see where you go. And, uh, I, ha I have been there so many fucking times with my own business that I don't even fucking care about, but I'm trapped in it and I have to feed it. Otherwise, you know, I, I, didn't, I could just fucking walk away. I, I'm, I've been making up excuses for myself for years. You know, I, there's nothing stopping me from walking away. Why can't tomorrow. you just sell it? Uh, I could, you know, I, I could sell my shares and um, walk away. There's, but the, the difficulty with that is, you know, you have to find a buyer. You have to right. find someone who wants to buy ownership in a service company like what what I have and nobody fucking, I was, I was astounded when someone wanted to buy my partner's shares because oh. I would, I would literally, I would quite, quite literally rather uh, shoot myself in the head than ever start a service company again. Oh, wow. It's just, yeah, like, it is, it's just it is. a pain in the ass. Yeah. Well, you, you, your, your waking life is you live for the service of other people in the most irrelevant capacity mm. you know you every you you live to serve people that are just afraid of losing their their jobs you know that that is largely what it is and everyone wants to to work with you know big foundations making a difference but a lot of the times you know those organizations don't really use agencies anymore you know they just hire people that give enough of a fuck about the cause, you know? Right. Um, and people are so empowered these days. Like everyone is so empowered by technology and the internet and Google and search and all the vast amounts of free resources out there that, you know, the, the work that like digital agencies do kind of becomes more and more irrelevant, uh, every year, you know, as people just can learn how to do shit themselves. Right. We're, we're a glorified it company. We are glorified Googlers. That is the business I built. Hmm. Yeah. Wild. That's yeah, just man. so interesting because, like, for so long, my, you know, my aspiration, my, like, driving force was, like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, you know, in my mind. And I'm trying all mm -hmm. these different business ideas, and they're all failing. And somehow I end up at Twitch after being, in my mind, just this perceived, like, massive yeah. failure, you know, I'm like, I'm, I, I've, I've literally, you know, like, I'm not doing good at school, you know, I just can't seem to do any of these things, 
And I always imagined, I was like, you know, as a, I was like, I want to figure out this entrepreneur idea. I'll crack the code yeah. and then I'll be free, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to like, know that maybe that's not always the case. The, I, I've had a lot of people write to me about, you know, monetization. Big part of our business is helping, you know, people monetize whatever the fuck they're sitting on. And, um, you know, it's, I, it's one of the areas I've like become quite an expert in <clears throat> again, just for the wrong, the wrong reasons and the wrong people. Um, but like, there's a lot of people out there that read like the four hour work week oh, and they yeah. think it's, you know, they think it's this very easy, simple thing to come up with an idea that will just passively feed you. Whereas in a lot of those cases, the stories that you read of, of successful people in that field, you know, they ca they conveniently leave out the 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times that they fucking failed yeah. and fell flat and wasted their time and money and resources. And it took them, you know, 20 to 30, 40, 50 shit fucking ideas to get that one that, you know, drives them forward. And that is Twitch for you, you know, like that is content and, and podcasting and, you know, media, like new media for you. And you, you just have to balance uh, that drive with self-care, you know? And I'm sure so many people have told you that over the years, but it's so fucking true because yeah. so many people... Everybody tells so, me that. My girlfriend tells every, me that all the time. Yeah. She knows I, like, run myself fucking ragged. But, you know, you know that, comes, that comes not from a place of thinking they, p people know better than you. It comes from a place of people wanting you to succeed. Yeah. Like wanting you to desperately succeed, you know, um, like your girlfriend, like myself, like, like other people in your community, you know, and I've seen it happen enough. I've seen people burn the fuck out enough to know that it is, it is like not cliche. It's a real fucking thing. Like I have been, I can't even tell you how many times I've been bummed out, you know, I'm repeating myself by creators that come on board and I'm just so fucking excited to like get involved in whatever they're doing. And then, uh, you know, six months to a year later, they just like wrap it up and they're like, no, I wasn't seeing enough uh, growth. I wasn't seeing enough this and that. And, you know, their, their heart was in the right place, but they were letting all these kind of like external things that didn't matter bring them down. Yeah. That's the, that's the killer. You know, it's just like letting too many external opinions like numbers and uh, critique and shitty fucking trolls come into your brain and infect your potential, you know? You're right. No, that's very true. That's very true. I, I know for a fact I need to uh, be better about that. I, um, I've been putting off like actually doing a good... I want to try, you know, my, my, my friend, my friend and another content creator, Harry Horror show is really good at time management. And, um, <laughs> he does this, he does something that's like a loose, well, it's like loose, but it's not, it's uh, I don't remember what he's called, what he calls it. Basically he blocks out certain periods of time that are allocated to like a specific type of thing. Um, but they don't have to, it's not like 6am you know, do this, 6.30, do this. It's like, it's like from six to nine, I'm working on specifically, you know, uh, podcast. And then, you know, and then you also make sure you set aside time for yourself. Like, oh, this is like time when I yeah. go for a walk. 
And it's since I never set those times out, I just never do them. And I let work consume like the whole, a whole, whole free time I have. Sorry. What, what is work? Why do you keep saying work? Oh, work. I get, well, for me, work is like everything pertaining to Twitch. Uh, as in, well, not always, it's not always work so much as it's me being plugged into Twitch in a way, I guess. Um, so does, that, does it, does it feel like work to you the same way past jobs felt like work to you? Not at all. No, no, not at all. I just, I just know that I put myself into it when I'm doing it and yeah. it's, it, I love it. I love all of it, but it also definitely like takes a toll on my, my energy, you know, like sometimes I'll separate from it. And I'll be like, I really like this, but then I'll also like take a step mm -hmm. away from it. I'll be like, wow, I'm exhausted. You know, like I'm so, so mm -hmm. tired. Yeah. But exhaustion is like exhaustion is just a, 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 a function of our body, right? Like work is kind of, that term work is like such a, like, it can be such a like disease because it's a term that, you know, we, we attach to so many, just like, uh, you know, shitty periods, you know, people, people try to run away from work. Everyone wants to retire from work. You know, you work to retire, you work to, you work so that you don't need to work anymore. You know? So I would encourage you to like, not use that term. You can feel exhausted. You can feel whatever you want to feel, but the, I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in those, those tiny little tweaks, even in what you call things have an impact like on the short and long term of, of how you sort of, uh, you know, interact with your creative expression and your creative endeavors. Well, it does, you know, language creates a certain reality. And I do think that's significant. Mm -hmm. Even Yeah. Small term changes do make a difference. I mean, uh, I even, you know, that's even something I've read quite a bit about in philosophy. You know, it even plugs yeah. into, it even plugs into like words with slightly, like you just said with work, work has this kind of negative connotation. Um, yeah. Whereas like creating as like a more positive connotation or something like that, uh, uh, you know, mm -hmm. like that even plugs into like social issues as well. You know, something yeah. that people will be like, oh, well, this means the same thing as this. It'll be like, yeah, but this, you know, is, is an infinitely more positive way to describe the phenomenon. And it may seem ins insignificant, but it builds, you know, this sort of world. Every word yeah. builds, you know, the world more and more. And yeah, right. I, I am. I am certainly a believer of that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I am, I also think that a lot of people are, are, you know, uh, un, unconscious about that, you know? And so, oh man, I, I'm so excited for what, for what you're going to be doing in the next like one to two years. I don't know if that <laughs> sounds weird or if that sounds like, you know, because we, we haven't even known each other for, for too long, but I'm like such a fan of what you've given me even in the past week and what you have like allowed to allowed me to kind of open up and express and the energy you your content has allowed me to channel. And I just I can't wait to like ride that wave, you know? Yeah, no, honestly, really, that that's quite reassuring. That's that really is because, you know, there's definitely a lot mm -hmm. of times when I'm like questioning myself. Uh, Cause I mean, I do believe in, in my content, uh, a lot, but also sometimes I'm just like, you know, am I like, you know, am I, uh, ever, is it ever going to be like, cause I, it's not that I don't, I don't have any desire to make a bunch of money from Twitch or content at all. You know, my only desire is to be making enough to where like, I no longer am stressed about like my student loan payment or my rent payment yeah. and I can just, yeah. you know continued creating and then i can you know maybe have like a hobby as well or something you know? how 
how far away do you think that is for you? I don't know. I mean, probably not that far. Truth be told, it's, it's right around the corner. Yeah. And that's yeah, and once I get there, there, it's not even a really about the shitty business stuff for me anymore. It's more just about continuing to like pursue the creative uh, goals I have, which are not really, you know, they're in no way tied to money. It's more tied into like opportunity. Yeah. And, and you just like, every time you feel exhausted, every time you feel like doubtful, um, you just, you got to tell yourself it's, it's right around that corner. Like that, that stability is right around the corner. I can like, you, you have to like feel it, you know? And yeah. I think, I think you can, I think you are feeling it. Uh, and, uh, it's such a beautiful thing, you know? I, I can kind of like taste it. I will say like, I'm, I'm getting so close yeah. lately that I'm just like, oh my God, like it's maybe, you know, this might, this might actually, this great scheme of mine, you know, this great game. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm uh, one of the classic bay robbers of old, like Pretty Boy Floyd here, you know, and I'm robbing the machine, cheating them at their own game. Nyah, nyah, nyah. Oh my God! You know, you uh, you said something so funny in Discord um, when I was getting all high about like uh, anarchy, and you know, it's sort of this like everyone knows what the term anarchy means but the way you speak about it kind of was like wait what kind of fucking type of anarchist am i i need to like <laughs> look up and really define this within myself and yeah. you said, you're like you're like ooh, I, I love causing civil disobedience in others you know something yeah. like that and i was like yeah, yeah this feels good like <laughs> i want to chase i want to chase this feeling i want to see where this feeling takes me and then i i went on my fucking company uh, social media sites and spammed all this anti-racism shit. I was Hell like, yeah. you know what? Clients don't like that. Fuck them. You know? Hell Better, yeah. Like, hopefully they fucking fire us if they're not. <laughs> anti- you know what I mean? And like Hell that. Yeah. Th- so like that just felt so good because it felt like I was I was making change within. Felt like someone had thrown me a fucking bone in my prison cell, and they're like, chew on this for a few weeks. Yeah. You know. You know what I mean? Like, it's like to me when I discovered anarchy and when I really started like trying to get outside of the lines, so to speak, it it felt like that, you know, that matrix moment where they offers you like the blue or the red pill or whatever. And you like take and you go there and you, you just realize that you pile like you perceive all these simulacra these simulations and simulacra as like Baldrillard would say around you that are stopping you from doing these things or stopping you from like pursuing a cause or or or, you know standing up for something and when you realize that like sometimes all you have to do is just like do it and like and like really you know like like straighten Mm -hmm. your back you know like tense your Mm -hmm. glutes and just be like you know it's time to anarchy uh you can really yeah break through to the other side a little bit and and nothing bad like nothing bad happened because of it in fact isn't that amazing isn't that amazing yeah 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 and in fact people were people fucking started writing me in my professional network they were like damn dude like that's thank you like they were thanking me And I'm like, what is this? Like, you know, because you feel like you just got away with something crazy. You're like, how the fuck did this, how did reality allow this one to happen? You're like, this is. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, it's such positive affirmation. And I'm, I am one of the most positive fucking people. Yeah. I know, you know, like, I I agree. You're you're very, very positive. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, you and I are a lot of like that way. Like we we really we really try and honor ourselves and the people around us by speaking our truth. And uh, you know, I try and weave a lot of like positivity into it. But when when these these fucking riots uh, and protests started breaking out, I was like, you know, the the same old shit. You know, like I'm not gonna go on and start memeing. Like I've gotta, I've gotta just bring it down and be real for a sec, and and try and use kind of like the the platform to to drive something that you know is is impactful, but also leaves space for black voices. Yeah, and I think I think raising money for the bail funds is like one of the best things like white people can do. And you know. I, th- I think that I think there's like this. So this like, OK, so I thought it was like the fundraising was the objective for me getting into it. But like as the stream went on and like seeing the conversations happening in chat and then like seeing that people were like emboldened by me doing it and decided to, you know, do the co- kind of have conversations like through their Twitch streams about it. I think that like the biggest, well, you know, it's the fundraising is very important. Protesting is very important. It's also very important to get like people that have never had these conversations before to start doing yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I- and it was surprising to me that, you know, my, like, I, my, like, the community that have kind of, I've surrounded myself by. Yeah. Um, very much outside of, like, the Nephew Network. And, um, you know, it's, it's, but no one, like, I haven't really seen that many people speaking up about it or like doing anything about it and illiterate like illiterate message i mean he's like he's like damn like did you guys did you guys plan this and i'm like not really i just (laughs) felt like it was the right thing to do 30 minutes before i went live and i was like you know if i'm not going to go live i can at least like raise a bit of money simultaneously and then bring the fucking party over to you know this this long this like long marathon that's happening (laughs) And that was that was the best thing. And I was like, that felt fucking good. Felt like I was I was doing something. It felt like I was I was honoring my mom's death. Wow. You know, it it felt like I could feel my mom's voice like speaking to me. I could feel her her saying, Good for you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for not um thank you for not uh self-medicating and and doing drugs and drinking. Thank you for for turning this into for channeling your energy like i always taught you to growing up you know wow yeah wow yeah man so it's so it's it's been a very reflective like week and a half for me uh i'm I'm, like that's that's pretty amazing right like isn't it i think it is pretty sure it is yeah 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 it is it is like it's it's never happened to me before and and so so yeah i think i think that's also a great a great like uh segue to wrap up the the evening for tonight oh yeah yeah wow that open was open yourself uh, that was open yourself up beautiful that was beautiful well you're <laughs> right you know we uh we have been going for a little bit here we'll definitely have to do i think another one of these in the future um, I, I guess before we go, you know, where can people find you? What is, what is, you know, as far as internet goes, Jomo Senpai, like plug, you know, plug yourself, please. Oh man. Um, yeah. So twitch.tv slash Jomo Senpai. Mm-hmm. Uh, my days are Sunday at noon. 
uh, Monday and Wednesday evenings. Uh, you can find me everywhere. Like just Google Jomo Senpai, Twitter, Instagram, Jomo Senpai everywhere. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for providing a space, man. Yeah. Um, well, you know, thank you for, uh, for participating in it.